welcome in to another edition of the All Things Bama podcast. They're our second in the week. Um, this one is going to be strictly football. If you guys want basketball content all about the SEC tournament, myself, Tony Sue Collis, and Katie Windham all talked Alabama Crimson Tide uh, in the SEC tournament uh, on Wednesday. So you guys can go find that on the Bama Central uh, YouTube channel. You guys can go find it on Spotify, wherever you get that. This is going to be spring football related. We kind of wanted to separate the two and, and give time uh, to both events since, you know, spring football is such a big deal, obviously, Tony. Uh, and, and as long as basketball is as well, too, with Alabama taking on Vanderbilt on Thursday night. If they win that, they will meet the Kentucky Wildcats. But here I'm joined again with Tony Sukalis to kind of talk about uh, some position battles to look for uh, with the spring football starting on Friday. And, Tony, you know, it's, it's, always, it's always interesting to me. Alabama starts right here the Friday before spring break. Um, so Saban, you know, kind of lays down the groundwork for all the new players, obviously, and then their spring break, and then they get back really, uh, and really gets underway the following Monday after spring break. Um, that's, that's always been interesting to me. Yeah, I think it's just, a, it's a way to keep the, the players honest during spring break. You can't, you know, I think it's a reminder of, hey, this is going to be really tough. We can't just let ourselves go over spring break. Um, and so it kind of keeps them focused, gives them something to think about too. Oh, when they're away from football a little bit. Um, so I think it's a, a nice strategic move almost by Nick Saban to, to make sure that he's constantly in the player's mind and kind of give them a hard workout to think about um, before they, you know, really get into gear. For sure. No doubt about that. And this off season, right. I mean, this is going to be the most motivated off season album has had in, in a while, really, you know, coming off of a 2020 championship, right. The year before that. And then last year, um, you came so close. You, you lost it late in the minutes of that fourth quarter against Georgia. Um, and the great news is that Alabama brings back arguably the two best players in all of college football, right? The Heisman Trophy winner and Bryce Young and then Will Anderson. So you bring back the best offensive player in the country and you bring back the best defensive player in the country. And that's a great formula for success right here, right? And, and those two guys really are going to be that leader, right? Both of them were sophomores last year. They're now going to be in their final season before they head to the NFL. Um, but that's a great place to start, right? I I think so. I mean, you, you you said it. They have the best offensive player and the best defensive player. Um, you know, arguably, uh, it, you know, you could even make the the you know, if you really wanted to go a hot take, you could have the best offensive and defensive players that Alabama's ever had. I mean, maybe maybe it ends up shaking out that way. Um, so yeah, it, that's a good foundation for Alabama. There's there's still some some spots on this team where you circle of maybe question marks. I think every team's going to have that. But if you look at this Alabama team, I think it's really strong. I think, you know, especially on defense, there's not, a, there's not that many holes um, that you're really looking at. Um, so uh, there's going to be a lot of expectations on this team. Um, there's a lot of play, important players returning. So I think they're going to be counted on to kind of take a bigger role as, as leaders. Uh, I think some of those players already were leaders for Alabama, but they're going to be relied on to be even more so. Um, and I think when you look at the way that Nick Saban approaches this team, he's going to approach it a lot differently than last year's team. I think he's going to put more on it. I think he, you might not have as nice of a Nick Saban this year as you did last year, because I think the expectations are going to be and, and, and they really should be higher. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And you think about it. Let's look. Right. So Alabama, the last time they came off a national championship loss was the 2018 season ended up, you know, a, a multi-loss season in 2019. But then, you know, you go back, the last 
the, the championship loss before that, the 2016 Clemson uh, game with Deshaun Watson and Hunter Renfro, right? They come back and they win the title against Georgia in 2017. Um, so really, you know, Alabama can go either way here. You know, they have, they're going to have so many high expectations coming into this season. And let's go ahead and start with some position battles. And, you know, Chris Walsh, our editor, has a great piece up on there, kind of what he what his kind of forecast going into the spring, right? The off, the both tackles, both bookend tackles is, is question marks. You have uh, interior linebacker, uh, you obviously losing Christian Harris to the NFL, um, and wide receivers. Those are the three big ones. Before we get in depth with those, Tony, is there any more you'd like to highlight? I think those are probably the the, the biggest ones because um, the secondary is pretty much figured out. out edge rushers are pretty figured out. Um, I think one that I would put in there maybe is you need to find someone that replaces uh, Federian Mathis up front, just in terms of, you know, finding that guy that can be a, uh, that can provide the interior pressure. You know, I, I like DJ Dale as a returning starter. He's a senior. You've got Justin Aboigbe. You've got Brian, uh, Byron Young. So you got like a real, like a good senior trio on the defensive line, but none of those guys are really guys you really look at as providing that interior pressure the same way that Alabama had with Christian Barmore or Fidarian Mathis. I think the guy that you point to there is, is Tim Smith. And so can, can they find Tim Smith or maybe a, uh, you know, Damon Payne, somebody like that, they're going to be able to find someone that can, you know, provide that interior pressure. Um, but other than that, yeah, you're right. I think the, the offensive line receiver interior linebacker, those are your, those are your big battles. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you mentioned that name, B.J. Dale, and I think we're going to be hearing a lot of his name this spring and even in the summer workouts, too, because this is why you come back, right? I love guys that have kind of a chip on their shoulder, have something to prove. He's been kind of viewed as maybe not necessarily a bust in terms of his recruiting class, right? I mean, you go look at the 2019 class. He was in there with guys like Antonio Afalo, uh, Yabi Anoma, guys who aren't even at the university anymore, and some other tra transfers in there, too. He was actually the lowest rated one. He was like 254th. Um, and he's been one of the best players out of his recruiting class. But really, he has a chance to take off this year and fill that void um, and be that nose tackle um, that, you know, classic Nick Saban teams have had on championship squads. But let's start the bookend tackles. My, my first kind of scenario is here. Do they move Javion Cohen over to left tackle? Um, because that kind of seems like maybe a natural progression there. Or, Tony, do you see them sticking him there at, uh, at left guard and maybe going with, uh, J.C. Latham at left tackle, and then Tommy Brockermeyer right tackle. Or Damian George, you know, yeah. somebody that's another guy that they've put at that right tackle position. Now, he didn't have a, a great game against Auburn. I think it's been kind of crucified for that. Um, he, he was a lot better in his other two starts, but uh, they were against lesser competition. So, um, you know, it's hard to judge Damian George. He's the experienced guy there. Um I think in terms of what they do at the tackle position, I wouldn't be surprised if they start camp with Latham at one tackle and Damian George at the other. And if that works out, then I think, you know, you, you go path of least resistance and keep Cohen at guard and um, possibly, you know, Ekior at guard and then, you know, you know, McLaughlin or Delcourt at center. I mean, that's the path of least resistance, right? But if you do have to change things up at the tackle position, it might make sense to put, JV and Cohen at left guard, uh, and then maybe Latham at right. I'm sorry, Jamie, JV and Cohen at left tackle. Sorry, and then maybe you know whoever who's ever performing better of you know JC Latham or Damian George or whoever you know 
then you have another guy at that right tackle position because I think Alabama has more interior depth than they do um, at the tackle position, um, or at least in terms of experience. You know, I think there's a lot of people, you know, a lot of Alabama fans that would love for JC Latham and Tommy Brockemeyer, the two five star guys they brought in to just automatically, you know, step up and be those guys. I mean, when you bring in a five star guy, that's what you're that's kind of what you're hoping for. Um, it doesn't always work out that way, you know. Um, I'm not saying that like both of those guys won't end up being stars, but you know, it, they both don't have a lot of experience. So I think that it's kind of almost impractical to think that they're just going to be your two bookends, you know, starters at the tackle position. And they're just going to go totally green at that position. I think that seems kind of, kind of optimistic if you ask me. Um, so that's why I, I think it opens up the door maybe for, you know, like what if you had, I'm just throwing this out there, you know, Damian George is a guy that didn't super look that great at a tackle, but what if he's a better guard? You know what I'm saying? And then, so maybe, you know, you could go Cohen uh, and then your two guards could be George and Ekior. And then maybe you have Latham at right tackle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things you can do. I think, you know, Tyler Booker is a guy that maybe might start as a guard. I think he's a, a freshman that is, is a big mauler. You know, you put him at a guard position that might, open up the door again for Javion Cohen to switch over to tackle. Um, it would just be interesting to kind of see how that, you know, how that works. But um, I, I think when, when, you, when you're looking at it, there's a lot of versatility on this line. And so there's a lot of things that Alabama can do moving forward. Uh, I expect them to kind of keep it simple and then work off of that, though, as we enter camp. Seth McLaughlin, I, I don't know how you can look at the last, ever since he went into the Iron Bowl, uh, look at that first Georgia game, look at the Cincinnati game and and in the national championship game. And just, I, I don't know how he's not the center moving forward. Um, I, yeah. But I, he, I think, you know, you look at the numbers, he really struggled against Georgia in the national championship team. So, I mean, is that a position where um, just because he had a few good games or, are we getting, you know, lost in recency bias and, you know, one thing that, you know, there are a lot of good guards on this team, you know, and, and if you do, let's say the tackles work out and you do get a Tyler Booker that comes in and is a bigger athlete than Seth McLaughlin, right? You could move Emil Ekier Jr. to center and, and, and slight somebody in there at guard. And that's something that, you know, I think Emil Ekior would be a great center. And I think when you look at centers, um, look at all of Alabama's uh, successful centers. You know, I, I think most of the time you're looking at, Look at the national championship team centers, right? They're all, you know, Landon Dickerson, Bradley Bozeman, Ryan Kelly. Like these are guys that went on to be team captains. They were experienced guys, you know? Um, I think Alabama struggled not having an experienced center last year. And um, I think the opportunity to move Eki or there, if it's presented to Alabama, uh, would be something that they probably shouldn't pass up. So if you got a guy, you know, let, let's say, let's say George and, and Latham handle the tackle positions or Latham and Brockermeyer or Brockermeyer and George, whatever it is, if those tackle positions are, are handled, you know, and then you have a guy like Tyler Booker, who's going to come in and, and do really well, or somebody, maybe it's Jaden Roberts, or maybe it's Terrence Ferguson, you know, it, I would experiment with maybe putting, you know, or at center. Cause I think that probably talent wise and size wise is, it might be your best, you know, your, your best front five. And I'm not trying to, you know, down too much on Seth McLaughlin he's a little undersized you know what I'm saying and he, he's good and he, he punched above his weight and look sometimes uh 
you know, you look at the kid and maybe, you know, Alabama's had centers that in the past, you know, it, it's worked out and maybe they weren't the most athletic guy. And maybe they weren't the guy that you thought, oh man, this guy's, you know, a definite pro prospect. I mean, Bradley Bozeman's a guy that I think really stepped up. Um, so you, you can't count anyone out. Look, Bradley Bozeman is a successful NFL offensive lineman. If you have it and you're, you know, all these people, all these, you know, players at Alabama, they all have the ability to start. And, you know, it's all about if, if things are clicking, then you go with them. And so I'm not writing Seth McLaughlin off, but I think having, you know, the opportunity to have, you know, a five-star caliber guy and then move um, Emil Echior in to, to the center position, for me at least, if that's possible, that's what I would do. I think it's safe to say that it is going to be a test for Eric Wolford, uh, you know, his first year at Alabama as offensive line coach. To, to, I mean, the talent is obviously there, right, um, at every single position. Um, but finding the best five, and, and you typically don't necessarily do that in the spring, right? The guys mature over time, and, and you you could wait until in the, in the middle of the season until you really find out your best five. Um, but he's going to have a he's going to have you know plenty of talent to pull from, and I'm really interested to see how he fits in with his staff moving forward. A guy who you know Kentucky was very 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 upset to lose um, at, at, at that position. All right, let's move over right here, Tony. Interior linebacker Henry Toa Toa, um, like DJ Dale, is returning for another season. You got to think Jalen Moody is going to play a role um, in one of those interior linebacker spots. Maybe Demoy Kennedy. Maybe this is a chance for him to. Uh, really rise up the ranks on the depth chart. Maybe even Jihad Campbell gets in there, the, the freshman, uh, another five-star album we got in the 2022 cycle. Um, but, yeah, I expect Henry Toa Toa to really lead this group. And um, I know he kind of got bashed on at points in, in last year's, and he didn't maybe have his greatest season. Still obviously learning a system, and it helps that it was very familiar with it at Tennessee when Jeremy Pruitt was there. Um, but Henry Toa Toa, he's going to be expected to really be the leader um, alongside, you know, Will Anderson who's going to be on the outside edge rusher. Um, on this defense. Yeah. I, and as far as potential is concerned, uh, Henry Toto is great. I mean, and he's had some great games at Alabama. He just hasn't been consistent. So this year for him, is all about consistency. We've seen what he can do um, at the inside linebacker position and how good he can be. And I, I think he could be a leader at that group as well. Um, so I'm expecting big things from him as for the, you know, the, the real position battles, the one next to him, Jalen Moody was going to be the starting Mike linebacker last year. If it wasn't for Henry Tuatoa, he would have probably started alongside Christian Harris. So um, you have to circle him. I think one of the people you didn't mention that I, you know, wouldn't be surprised if he ends up even winning the battle is Deontay Lawson. Is another guy that's uh, super talented. Uh, you know, looked pretty good in the A day game. Obviously, we didn't get to see him too much during the season, but he's a guy that I, I think Alabama was really high on. Um, he'll compete for that spot. I think it probably hurt Demoy Kennedy a little bit. The fact that he had to switch to running back and had some of those reps taken away from him. I know that that's not something that he necessarily wanted to do, or, you know, really anybody in that position wants to do. That's a, that's a selfless move that you make to help out the team um, to, to switch to running back to kind of help out with depth. Um, and then Jihad Campbell's a guy, you know, um, that, you know, people are comparing to Michael Parsons, you know what I'm saying? Like he's, he's already getting that, you know, that, that huge, um, uh, you know, those, those comps, I think he's going to be a guy that a lot of people are going to be excited about coming in early. And, you know, we saw what, you know, Will Anderson could do early. We saw what Dallas Turner could do early. And, you know, so I think you, you expect big things from guys that get hyped like that. Um, so you can't count him out either. I think if I had to go like one and two, I think it's probably Moody and Lawson. 
Um, and I think I would, you know, normally with Nick Saban, he does give youth a chance, but I think he also values experience as well. You know, so I think he gives experience the first chance. And if it doesn't work out, then he goes to youth and he's not afraid to pull that trigger with youth, but he's also, you know, I think he, and, and smartly so, he, he gives the the older player a, a chance to prove himself because of that experience. So I expect, you know, the enter camp, Jalen Moody's probably leading, you know, that unit along with uh, Henry Tuatel, but I'd keep a, a really close eye on Deontay Lawson, on Demoy Kennedy, and like you said, on, on Jihad Campbell. If they want to put Jihad Campbell as an inside linebacker, you know, they could also want to put him outside. It probably makes a little bit more sense to put him inside. Uh, it, it seems like they would need a little bit more help there, but he's a guy that could probably play outside as well. Yeah, no, I, and I'm, I'm actually mad at myself for not mentioning Deontay Lawson, the, uh, the Mobile native my, myself, um, a guy who really shot in that A-Day game last year. You know, uh, him and Ajay Hall were really the two uh, young stars who really performed well on that. And and uh, A-Day, you know, set for April 16th, um, should be an exciting time um, on the University of Alabama campus. Um, wide receivers, a, a position group that this offseason has really gone through the ringer, right, Tony? I mean, you lose John Mechie, you lose Jamison Williams, you lose Slade Bolden. And then, you know, Nick Saban speaking at, you know, uh, an event where Texas high school coaches is, and he, and he talks about that group, right? He talks about how, you know, there were, and he talks about, he mentioned secondary too, but there were situations in that Georgia game where had people been prepared the right way, like they were going to start, that could, that game could have gone differently, right? He mentioned that. And he was kind of calling some guys out there, um, not, not like by name, obviously, um, but definitely those people knew who he was talking about for sure. Um, so wide receivers, right? I mean, they go in there and they go get a guy like Jermaine Burton. We've talked about him before earlier in the in, in the winter about, you know, just kind of what he can bring from Georgia, that speed. And we saw it. There were some guys at the combine, you know, who talked about Jermaine Burton. You know, they're like, even though he's an Alabama guy now, right? Like, he's a dog, right? He's, he's a guy that people need to look out for. Um, Ajay Hall, Ja'Cory Brooks, Christian Leary. Uh, you know, we saw him kind of play some running back too, Christian Leary. Um, but I think Ja'Cory Brooks, to me, is another guy who can really take a step up. Um, and we can see, uh, you know, we saw we saw flashes, right? We saw the Iron Bowl touchdown. We saw the touchdown against Cincinnati. Um, he's a guy that I've, that I've really got my eye on this spring. Yeah, I think out of the the freshmen from last year, he's the one that I would, you know, circle is going to be the, the next, you know, out of that group, I, I would definitely pick him to be the guy that emerges. And I, I probably have him as a starter along with uh, Jermaine Burton. You know, if they were only going to go, you know, you rarely see this from Alabama, but if they were going to go a two receiver set, right, I think it would be Burton and, and Brooks. Now you add that third receiver. I'm not sure. I think that's going to be fluid. And I think it's going to depend on the situation because I think that Trayshawn Holden is going to get a lot of snaps. Um, and, and so they could go big and they could have Burton, Holden and, and Brooks. And, and I think that like whoever is in the slot there, I don't think there's going to be like a defined slot. I think you might put somebody in the slot there at different spots. I think that they'll, they'll switch out of those positions. You know, we saw that um, when they had, you know, Ruggs and Smith and Waddle, they, they, they a lot of those guys would, would line up in the slot. And so I, I think, you know, you could see Trayshawn Holden, you don't necessarily think of him as a slot, but I mean, you know, that doesn't mean you didn't think of Cam Sims as a slot and, you know, he, he did some slot stuff. So I, I think you could, you could put those guys in there. And I think Jojo Earl is the other guy. When I say it's fluid, you know, if you want that traditional shifty slot guy, maybe you put Jojo Earl in the slot uh, to do that. And, and, you know, so if you're giving me three receivers that are going to be used the most, I, 
I actually think it might be Burton, uh, Brooks and Holden. And I think Jojo Earl's like a really close fourth. And I think that, you know, you'll see some kind of mix of those four. Um, I know I didn't in include Ajay Hall and um, he could definitely work himself into that that mix but I think when you look at those other four they're a lot more proven we've seen what they can do a lot more and uh, you know until I have reason to, to stray off those four that's that's the four that I'm looking at um, that are going to make the most impact uh, of this unit yeah in hindsight that Jojo Earl injury I, I thought I mean that was maybe in hindsight one of the more impactful injuries Alabama had last year I think you know and I think there's just like both Jojo Earl like, yes, it was impactful, but I also on the same hand, I think Jojo Earl came in with like way too much hype, you know, I think like an, an unfair amount of hype. And I think, you know, just because he came from Texas, he has a similar size to Jalen Waddle. Everyone wanted him to just plug in and just be Jalen Waddle at every aspect. They wanted him to be Jalen Waddle as a punt returner. They wanted him to be Jalen Waddle as a, as a receiver. Jalen Waddle is one of the most talented wide receivers Alabama's had. You know, if you look at that group and you look at, you know, Jerry Judy, uh, Devontae Smith, uh, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, pure talent alone, probably Jalen Waddle's the, the, the most talented of that bunch, right? Um, so it's really unfair to, to lump that expectation on a first-year player. Um, so so was he slower to develop? I, you know, I, I still think JoJo Earl could be a great player. I, I don't think he came in as Jalen Waddle, you know? Um, but he can do a lot of that kind of stuff. I think he's important. You know, you, you talk about bringing speed to the unit um, and, and uh, you know, just explosion in general, somebody that can make plays in open space. I think he's really important. You know, he's going to do things that Treshawn Holden's not going to do. Now, Treshawn Holden's huge and he's going to do things that, you know, Jojo Earl isn't going to do. But um, you, you can't just have a bunch of big guys. You have to have those guys that can be shifty. And I think that's where Jojo Earl is going to really help. Staying on the offensive side of the ball, I'm curious, and we've talked before about Jameer Gibbs and kind of what the potential he brings, the skill set, but I'm just curious how quickly um, this spring this spring practice, the 13 practice, how quickly he establishes his, himself as the guy, right, um, in that backfield. It's going to be really interesting. And, you know, talk about guys that are coming in with a ton of expectations. He is expected to be the starter in, in a unit that – has a lot of talent in it. And, and so, yeah, that, you know, how quickly he's able to establish that, uh, you know, and if he's able to establish that, I think when you look at, you know, the experience and the talent that, you know, Alabama has, he's the guy that I look to be the difference maker. It, almost in terms of like, I think he could, you know, he could take a lot of the carries, you know, he, I don't know if they're necessarily going to have a bell cow back, but I think he could have more carries than you would think considering the amount of, uh, talent they have and, and depth they have at that position. So yeah, it's important for him to come in and establish himself. Cause I think that that, you know, could have a lot to say about the role he plays um, in, in Alabama's offense, but you know, talk about position battles and, you know, we didn't really mention this is like Alabama has more talent than they have room for, for handoffs. You know what I'm saying? I, I think you really, you really usually split it between three. Sometimes you split it between four and Alabama has, you know, five backs that I think are all going to like really want the ball. I think it'd be one, two, three, or at least four backs that, you know, are really going to want the ball. And one of them is probably not going to get it as much as, as, you know, he, he hopes, you know, I mean, I think when you look at, you know, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Jason McClellan is a guy that I think a lot of people would have just had he not gotten hurt would have probably 
thought, you know, we talk about injuries. I mean, he's a guy that I think, you know, could have been huge for Alabama. Um, and, and a guy I think that most people were expecting to be the starter this year. Had he had a full season um, last year, injury-free comeback, he, he'd be the, you know, kind of that heir apparent. Uh, Roy Dell Williams is a guy that played really well um, and kind of worked his way over uh, Trey Sanders. And then you've got Trey Sanders. He's a five-star kid, you know, number, th- you know, what, three overall player, two overall player in the in, in his class. I mean, he's another guy that's going to want a big opportunity. So between those four, it's going to be some huge competition of, you know, you know, I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't mind using all four, but I, I, at the same time, I think that, you know, um, they're going to have to compete. And then you've got guys like, you know, Emmanuel Henderson, uh, you know, who could come in and, you know, who knows, you know, maybe he comes in, you know, he's an SI 99 member, you know, Jamarian Miller is also a, a top player. What if one of those guys comes in and, and catches it all, you know, catches fire, you know, you're not just going to ignore that either. There's so much talent that I think, you know, not only Jameer Gibbs, but everyone in that unit is going to be really fighting for whatever kind of role and whatever carries they get. Something people are going to have to monitor is going to have to still be the transfer portal, right? Uh, after spring practice, because think about it. After Ohio State spring, that's when Jameson Williams got on board at Alabama. Henry Toa Toa didn't, didn't get to Tuscaloosa until May of last year. So the, the, the transfer portal to me is going to be very, very interesting for Alabama this year not in terms of the spring of who they're going to get incoming, but maybe people that are outgoing. Right. Yeah. And then right now, I mean, if you were to look at their scholarship count, I think you'd probably find that they, you know, have too many people on scholarship. So I think that they, you know, once the summer enrollees come in, I don't know if they're going to, you know, be able to make it. Now they always find a way to make the numbers work. So I'm not worried about that, but you would expect some transfers and like, look, uh, you know, not to like, single anyone out but like if i'm trey sanders and i can't find you know a, a spot among, if i if i'm fourth among four yeah like you're probably going to think about leaving you know and that's just like i'm not trying to put words in trey sanders mouth or you know and i'm not even saying that he's fourth among among the four you know what i'm saying um he's a ta- they're all very talented but if i'm any one of that group it's something that you 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 think about at least you know and i think that's just the climate of that we're in and i think you know when you look at alabama like they're going to be bringing in a lot of transfers they're also going to have times when they lose talented players you know i think you know jaleel billingsley the guy you look at you know maybe things didn't work out last year he is a talented player drew sanders is a talented player that alabama lost now they brought in probably the three best non-quarterback uh, transfers in the portal. So I mean, they came out ahead, but they also lost some some really big talent. So it, like, for if we're just going to go back to Trey Sanders uh, or Jace McClellan or Roydell Williams, if they were to lose one of those guys, yeah, that'd be a huge loss. But I think it's just part of today's climate. And so you know, from an Alabama perspective, it, it's going to sting if they lose one of those guys. But at the same time, you got to look at it as a whole. Alabama is going to come away positive from the transfer, you know, from today's transfer climate, but they're still going to receive their knocks. Every team's going to receive their knocks. I mean, the fact that Alabama got Jamison Williams from Ohio state and Ohio state's, you know, one of the three best programs in year in year out and, and to lose a player like, you know, Jamison Williams, if they can do it, Alabama is going to lose those type of players too. And so that's just something, yeah, you're going to have to watch. We'll end on this note. You might have already said his name, but in your opinion, you give one and I'll give one the player with the most approved this spring. Um, man, uh, I think I think J.C. Latham, I think a guy, you know, that um, 
and I think Alabama needs him to prove stuff. I think, you know, when you look at that, I think of the super talented, the, you know, the five-star talented guys, he's the guy that seems like he's the most progressed. And I think Alabama, in order to, to really live up to the potential of this offense, they're going to need uh, somebody to really step up on the offensive line. And I think some people almost take him for granted and they're, they're adding him in a starting lineup. But I think when you look at him, um, he's the guy that Alabama needs him to be good and he needs to be good. It's his second year. He's a five-star guy. Um, so yeah, I, I would say him, I think there's a lot of people you could put, but for, for me, and you know, when you look at it just from, from his perspective and from Alabama's perspective, JC Latham needs to have a good spring, needs to have a good off season and, and really needs to submit, uh, a, a spot on, on that offensive line. Yeah, you, you went, I'm glad you went offense. I'll go defense. Um, I know we mentioned DJ Dale earlier. You mentioned Tim Smith, who, who I think is a key piece. I mean, he really flashed in 2020. Um, had some good moments in 2021. I thought his freshman year, he was he was really, really good when he got in there, especially in that championship game. Um, but I'm going to go in the secondary. I'm going to mention another second-year player, and that's going to be Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, I, I think he's a guy who, uh, you know, Alabama's mo- they're losing, you know, Josh Job. They're losing uh, Jalen Armour Davis. I think Kool-Aid really, really needs to cement himself. Um, you know, he's got a year under his belt now in this system. Um, he, he's getting more familiar with it. He's a, and for Alabama to really take the next level in that part of their secondary, they're going to need that lockdown guy. And I think Kool-Aid can be that now, you know, because, you know, he, he's, he's, he's more he's, he's physical. He's more physical than you think he is. Um, and he still has those raw traits to that are going to make him great and success, very successful at the next level. Um, but now he's he learned from the mistakes he made from last year. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, the George Pickens catch in the national championship game is probably not sitting well with him right now, right? And Nick Saban's going to make a, 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 a thing of that all offseason, right? And don't waste a failure. That's kind of – how many times are we going to hear that uh, in the offseason, Tony? I'm uh, sorry. A lot. But I, I'm going to go with Kool-Aid as my guy uh, with, with a lot to prove because, again, high expectations, right? You're, if you're from Alabama. You're right off the road. Um, a lot of people are banking on him to deliver. Um, and, and if there's another one in the secondary, Kyrie Jackson, a guy who I thought was more ready coming in than, when he, than, than he actually was. Uh, you know, from community college, because typically when Alabama gets those guys, those are the plug-and-play type guys, right? Um, and so those two, I think, are really going to be key in Alabama's success in the secondary. And the good news is, is that Alabama did get Eli Ricks from LSU, so there is that experienced corner at one side. Um, but one of those two guys um, is going to have to to man the other. Um, and we'll see, man. Could, could we get a Kool-Aid Island? I, I don't know. Um, I know a lot of fans would want that. He's got a lot of hype. A guy who's got tons of NIL potential as well um, that he probably still hasn't even tapped into. Yeah, and when you look at Kool-Aid, right, I mean, he's a guy that could be a lockdown, but he's also going to have a guy that needs to fight for his job because you mentioned Kyrie Jackson, a guy. And Look, I know he's a junior college guy, but he had to go a whole year not playing football because of COVID and because of the you know junior college didn't have football in, you know, in the fall. So um, that could have you know, played into Kyrie Jackson's, you know, development. And now he could come in and, and really challenge for that position. Another guy that I'd put in that mix too is Terry and Arnold, the guy that you know, was a really high recruit, the guy that really can play safety, could play star, but I think he's going to be more of a cornerback. He's still going to compete with Kool-Aid. You know what I'm saying? I, Kool-Aid has the upper hand, uh, but, you know, those guys are going to push Kool-Aid to, to have to, you know, perform. And I think that you're right. Um, he has that ability to be a shutdown cornerback, especially when you put, you know, uh, e- Eli Ricks and then, you know, probably Brian Branch at star. And that, that's a really good, you know, bunch right there. So um, 
I think that, you know, this secondary has a chance to be special, but that's, that's a good call right there with Kool-Aid as a guy that, you know, could kind of, I mean, if he takes things lightly, he could get past, he could still get passed up, but at the same hand, if he lives up to his potential, he could be a really special player. No doubt about that. Malachi Moore, I know he, you know, he's dealt with some injuries in the past, but can he return to the form he was his freshman season? Because as good as Patrick Sertain was in 2020, I thought Alabama, I thought Malachi Moore was very, very close to being one of Alabama's most important players in that secondary on their way to a national championship. Yeah. And he could have lost his, you know, his starting role. I mean, it's kind of been fluid of how Alabama has gone, but you know, if I'm building a, a starting secondary and, you know, Alabama mostly works out of the nickel, right. I, I'm putting Brian Branch at the star position and I'm probably putting Eli Ricks and uh, Kool-Aid McKintree at cornerback. And then you've got, um, you know, uh, Jordan Battle and uh, DeMarco Hellams as your two safeties. And all of a sudden you just built a starting five without Malachi Moore, which sounds crazy, you know, given what he did his freshman year and, you know, what he even, you know, shown at times during his sophomore year, but Brian Branch is a really good player and you, it's kind of be hard to take him off the field too. So yeah, talk about another guy that's going to have to fight for his spot. I think Malachi Moore, you know, Alabama moves people in and out, you know, the dime package, you see that more often too. So I think he's probably one of the top six, but in terms of being in the top five, he's going to have to fight his way in there and, you know, and, and really earn his spot. So, yeah. No doubt about it, Tony. We appreciate your coverage of all things Alabama football, recruiting, uh, NFL combine. It just wrapped up. Uh, we have the NFL draft coming up here in a few short weeks. It's going to be exciting. And, you know, not a lot of Alabama flair in the first couple rounds uh, this time around, but I got a feeling the 2023 draft cycle, a lot of the guys we just talked about are going to hear their names called pretty early on. Oh, definitely. I mean, shoot, you might have the first two picks in the 2023 draft and Bryce Young and uh, Will Anderson. So, yeah, that, that will be exciting for sure. Awesome. Well, for Tony Sukalis, I'm Tyler Morton. This has been another edition of the All Things Bama Podcast.